Hosea with me tonight and the book of Hosea in the Old Testament among the minor prophets. And I want to preach a message here tonight and it'll be a little different for my personal ministry. But I hope that it will be of help and a blessing to you. We are living in a day and age where there are many casualties in the ministry and in our churches and in our nation. And Satan is attacking on every hand. And he is attacking at the very foundation of our nation and that being our families. And so tonight I want to speak on a promise, not a passion. We'll go to the book of Hosea for this. And as we consider this, let's pray for our pastor. I thank God for Pastor Gravely. Time would fail me tonight to tell of the personal blessing and encouragement he has been to me and Miss Nolita to Mrs. Ellis. And I say it often, and I do not mean to be redundant, and I hope that you understand I'm not just grabbing words out of the air when I speak of our church and our pastor, but it is truly a great honor to have the privilege of having this as our home church, our sending church, and to say that my pastor is Pastor Ricky Gravely, and my home church is the Bible Baptist Church of Rossville, Georgia. And when I hear of those that have been sick in our midst and others that are going through struggles with our ministry at Rock of Ages and our church, my heart grieves and my heart hurts. Tonight, if you have your Bible in the book of Hosea, chapter number three, we'll stand in reverence to the reading of the scriptures tonight. And I will try to make this as brief as possible, but I will not say that I will make it as painless as possible. Tonight, I believe there are many truths that we find in the book of Hosea that needs to be proclaimed in our generation. As we consider the matter, in fact, if you're in chapter 3, we'll read that momentarily. Let's go back to chapter number 1. The Bible says in verse number 1 of chapter number 1 of the book of Hosea, The word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Beri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, Go make, excuse me, go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. And in verse number two, we find the reason for God allowing Hosea to be in the inspired canon of scriptures. And we find the purpose why God commanded. Hosea to Mary in this text. We find in verse number three, so he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dublium, which conceived and bare him a son. And I'm going to stop there for the sake of time tonight. But I want to speak on the subject matter, and I want to speak and address the homes tonight of our church and I would proclaim it to our nation tonight and in many churches across our nation and land as well as those on foreign soil. I want to speak to you tonight on a promise, not a passion. We have many homes that are falling by the wayside in our generation because they are basing their relationship based on 
passion rather than a promise. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our fathers, we bow before you tonight. We love you and we thank you for your blessings on this Lord's Day. I thank you for our church and thank you for the great talent, musical talent that you've placed in this congregation. Thank you for our pastor and I pray that you'll be with him, give him strength moment by moment. Miss Nolina, thank you for the healing that you've already given in both cases. I pray that you'll continue to be with others and then the list was long of those that has had loved ones that are friends of this ministry that have had loved ones that have gone out into heaven to spend an eternity with the Savior. I'd ask you that you'll be with those family members, those loved ones. May you strengthen them. May you comfort them. May you be their guide in these times. Be with our nation that's in deep trouble tonight. We have long wandered and strayed from your principles, from your word, and from your precepts. And so tonight, we plead for your mercy and for your grace. I would ask you that you'll be with the great North Valley Baptist Church. Lord, may you be with Dr. Treber and the staff, and may you give them someone who would have favor in the government. And God, we would ask and intercede on their behalf. We would ask you tonight to be with our entire nation and our churches. Lord, may you give help and grace. Allow our nation to be turned back unto thee. And may it begin tonight with our homes and our families and our personal lives. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. We will also go to Hosea chapter number 3 and verse number 1. After a season of sin with Gomer, God speaks to Hosea and says in verse number one, then said the Lord unto me, go yet love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. And Hosea says, so I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for a homer of barley and for a half homer of barley. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. Here we have Hosea and Gomer who have been wed in holy matrimony. And God has commanded Hosea to go and to take of him a wife, Gomer, and she is a corrupt lady. And not long after the marriage vows, we find that Gomer goes out into her whoredoms and she turns her back upon God and upon her spouse. And may I say to you, my friend, that marriage and companionship should be based on a promise and not a passion. Passion wears off and burns out after a while and after a season. I'm reminded of the man that went to the opera and he heard a singer sing and he thought it was the most beautiful sounding voice he'd ever heard in all of his life. And after she had sang, he made his way back to the dressing room to be introduced to her. And he said, we're going to marry. And they eloped and got married. 
And when they got to the room that night and she took off her false eyelashes, pulled out her false teeth, pulled off her false fingernails, pulled off her prosthesis, pulled her wig off and set it to the side, all he could say is, sing, woman, sing. Someone has said the only difference or the difference between love and marriage is love is blind and marriage is an eye-opener. One man said, my wife and I were happy for 20 years and then we met. Another one said, I haven't spoken to my wife in 18 months and that's because I don't like to interrupt her. Now, you ladies, hold on. Your time's coming. And you can say amen. It's okay in church. I'm reminded of the man who was sickly and went to the doctor and his wife went with him because he was forgetful. Brother Frank, you're in trouble. And... The doctor came out after examining him and said to his wife, said, I need you to come into my office for a a confidential conversation. And so he told her, said, ma'am, said, all I can say is that your husband is in terrible condition. And to be honest with you, he's probably going to die if you don't meet his overwhelm. Let him watch his favorite games make his favorite meals, fix him his favorite tea or drinks, coffee or whatever it might be, or soda, massage him every night, take good care of him, relieve him of all of his stress and worry and care, and ma'am, if you do not do this, your husband is sure to die. They left and were on their way home, and it was silent in the car. Finally, curiosity got the best of him, and he looked at her and said, well, are you going to tell me what the doctor said or not? She looked at him solemnly and said, he simply said, you're going to die. (laughs) The truth of the matter is that's probably more truth than it is anything in the day and age in which we live. You see, the truth of the matter is that Satan wants to destroy a nation, our people, our churches, our homes, and he does it by destroying relationships. Isn't it interesting in Ephesians that Paul deals with a spiritual warfare? Where he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and, and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. And he goes through all of his armory. And then in chapter 5, he says, husbands, love your wives. And wives, submit yourself unto your own husband. And then in chapter number 6 and verse number 1, he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. I believe it's by providence that he has written this in this order of writing because it is a spiritual warfare and a battle and he uses the spousal relationship as a battleground and also as a battleground parent-child relationship. Every home in America needs a heavenly home, a church home, and a Christian home. 
There are several biblical priorities. And I will give these to you briefly tonight and give you three things about the book of Hosea and Gomer's relationship. Our biblical priorities should be God, our spouse, our children, our ministry, then our extended family, and then friends and acquaintances. And any time we get these out of that priority that God has laid down, we are headed for trouble in our relationship and in our marriage and in our home. I'll repeat it again. It is God, spouse, children, ministry, family and extended family and friends. And that is the God-given biblical priority of our relationships. As a husband, the Bible has much to say about our biblical responsibilities. We are to love our wives. And Hosea is a prime example of a husband who loves his wife unconditionally. She has been unfaithful, and yet he loves her still. Someone has said that there are biblical principles that every husband and every man should follow after. And my friend, I say to you that we should follow God's biblical principles. There's two things that someone has said, and I'll give you the things that I have for our text tonight. There's two things that someone has said you should never buy for your wife. Number one, they said don't ever buy her clothing because the chances are only one in 7,000 that you'll get the right size and the clothes she likes. And the other 6,999 times you'll make her mad. I remember one time for Christmas many years ago, the kids, Randy and Victoria and I, we chose to buy Mrs. Ellis a dress. It was black with white polka dots, big polka dots. In fact, she said, I look like a moo cow in this thing and I'm not wearing it. We even bought her a matching purse. And another one they said is never buy her jewelry. Because the truth of the matter is you can't afford what she wants and the jewelry you can't afford, she don't want it anyway. <laughs> there was a sign posted outside of a military recruiting center and it simply said this, ladies, marry a veteran. He can cook, he can make beds, he can sew, and he's already used to taking orders. Now, let me, if I may, give you two or three things about Hosea and Gomer's uh, relationship tonight, and I must feed through these, and I hope that it'll be of some help to you tonight. We find in Hosea chapter number three and verse number one that love endures. Notice in verse number one, then said the Lord unto me, go yet love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. In spite of what she has gone through, in spite of what she has put him through, in spite of the difficulties and the unfaithfulness, love endured on behalf of Hosea. May I say to you tonight, 
that we need to find a love that endures in our marriage and our relationship. Hosea finds her literally being sold on the auction block of slavery and for 15 pieces of silver he buys her and redeems her and takes her back under his wing. He has a love that is an enduring love. A love that says no matter what my love is unconditional. No matter the sin or the transgression or the depth of the unfaithfulness, my love will endure. Aren't you glad that God loves us unconditionally? In spite of our sin and our transgression, and God is using the relationship between Hosea and Gomer as a parallel to his love and undying love toward Israel in their unfaithfulness and turning to idolatry and adultery and rebelling against the will of God and the commands of God. And yet we find that he uses Hosea and Gomer's relationship as a living example to how he loves you and I unconditionally. Thank God for enduring love. Hosea finds her being sold on the auction block and he goes and he buys her back. Hosea is committed to his relationship. I'm sure Hosea was hurt. I'm sure Hosea uh, had feelings and emotions he had to deal with. I'm sure tonight that Hosea had a floodgate of things that flooded into his mind. But may I help you tonight? I came across something while studying and making preparation for the battle of the mind that I mentioned this morning at our ministry and their devotions I've been going through. And it's called the five second rule. And psychologists and scientists tell us that when a thought enters the mind, you have five seconds to dismiss that thought. Or that thought takes up seed and root in the mind and the heart of the individual. And they call it the five second rule. And I believe that, while not all, but I believe that many of the things that we fight against in our life and that we battle in our heart and our mind and our soul, we allow to go beyond that five seconds and we allow, rather than having the mind that Christ Jesus would have, we allow that to take root in our heart and mind and we dwell upon it. Have you ever been in a crisis or a situation where something was said or something was done and you actually surprised yourself, you handled it very well. And then when you left the circumstance and you begin to dwell upon it, you're thinking to yourself, well, if I had that to do over again, I might not have been as graceful. Love endures in this passage of scripture. Do you know that in America, and I'm not criticizing or bashing anyone that has undergone a divorce. But do you know that in America that approximately 50% to upwards of 60% of all marriages end and almost 60% of all remarriages end? And did you know that in America, every 26 seconds, a divorce is granted in our courts in this nation? 
But I'm not saying tonight that God cannot use people that have gone through divorces by any stretch of the imagination and I'm not going to get into that subject matter tonight that is up to our pastor to preach on those areas but I simply bring into our attention tonight that when we deal with the subject matter of a relationship that God uses Hosea and Gomer as an example of an enduring love through all the circumstances and heartaches and difficulties of a relationship. I read a story some time back. It's a true story of a couple that got in a fight and they gave each other a silent treatment. And they wouldn't speak to each other for a length of time. He had a business meeting in Chicago and he needed to get up on Monday morning at 5 o'clock to catch his flight. So he wrote his wife a note not wanting to break his silent treatment and be the first to breach it. He wrote her a note and said, please wake me up. I've got to catch a flight at five o'clock in the morning. When he woke up the next day, it was nine o'clock, the sun was shining and everybody was active in the, in the home. And he ran frantically to try to find his wife and he found a note laying on the desk beside the bed that said, it's five o'clock, time to get up. <laughs> Isn't that the way it is sometimes? But here we have an enduring love. And then I want you to notice secondly tonight with me in verse number two, and I'll just briefly touch on these. We have love that procures. So I brought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for a homer of barley and for a half homer of barley. And we learn from Hosea that love is not just a passion, but it's about a promise. When we stood at the altar and said, I do, we did. And God expects you and I to maintain our promise and to have with our character and our integrity to have a love that endures. May I say to you, and a love that procures. It's a commitment that endures inconsistencies. By the way, there's not a single couple in this church tonight or anywhere on the planet Earth, the white on both sides, there's inconsistencies. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely forgive us all things? And my friend, may I say to you, we do not have to earn the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We don't have to earn the love of God. All we have to do is accept it, believe it, believe on his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross of Calvary for our sin, allow his blood to wash us and cleanse us and purge us from all of our sin, allow his son to come in and take up a boat in our life, and through that, he freely loves us, he freely forgives us, he freely saves us, and we can serve him because his love is unconditional. May I say to you, I believe God expects the same out of you and I with our families. Too often, we expect more from our spouse than we're even able to produce ourselves. And it's almost as if we 
put them through a circumstance to cause them to meet a certain qualification, a certain standard, a certain, don't misunderstand me, I'm not talking about uh, biblical standards and biblical doctrine and things of that nature. And I believe even in those matters we should be very kind and gentle. But then I want you to notice a third thing tonight. Love secures. In verse number three of chapter number three, Hosea said, And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. And thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man, so will I also be for thee. He says to her, Gomer, let's renew our wedding vows. Let's recommit ourselves to each other. Let's be for each other and do our best and be our best for God's glory. May I say to you today, and I'm not going to mention the name, we had someone some years ago that was helping us on a revival team. And they were an elderly couple. They were up in their 80s, to be honest with you. And we were walking in. We probably had 25, 28, maybe 30 volunteers going into the prison. And she said something to him, rather sharp. And he said to her, why don't you just shut your mouth till we get out of prison? And he said, well, why don't you just shut your mouth till we get out of prison? And the fight was on. And then I looked over, they're holding hands. You know what, somewhere along the way, and this couple, I, I knew them well. He went home to be of the Lord, I guess, about two years ago, and she's still as feisty as she ever was. And she don't mind challenging anyone on something she disagrees with. But somewhere along the line, they crossed some boundaries with each other. They said a few things here and there that caused them to become complacent, complicit in their relationship. A little here and a little there, and before long, it became natural. And before long, it was no more behind closed doors. It was in public. And while they still loved each other and remained married until the day the Lord called him home, and she's not doing well today, they remain faithful. But everybody who thinks about them or says their name says, boy, did them two ever fight. You know, if we wanted to find out how your relationship was at home or you wanted to find out how ours was, just ask the children. Now, don't go around asking people, the children tonight, how the homes are doing. I remember years ago, we were on deputation and we'd travel most of the day and the night and the next day we'd went into a church meeting and we were just barely there moments before and we were trying to get ready and the pastor came, knocked on the door. There was an IHOP or something across the road from the church and he said, Brother Ellis, I'm sure with all the travel and the hustle, you guys have not ate dinner and I know you have probably hadn't ate breakfast. I said, no, sir. He said, would you like to go get a bite to eat? I said, do we have time? He said, if you, if you eat quick, we do. And we ordered our food and we're sitting there and uh, the pastor looked at our son, Randy. He shouldn't have done that. He said, Randy, would you pray and ask a blessing on the food? And I don't know how old Randy was. What, about six years old at the time? And Randy said, I sure will. He bowed his head and the first words out of his mouth, dear Jesus, help my mom and dad to quit fighting on the way to church like they've been doing all night. <laughs> I peeked one eye open, looked at the pastor and went, what else you going to say? <laughs> yeah. 
Now you laugh, you've done it too. You better watch it. Out of the mouth of babes. They know, they will tell. Love secures. We all have our difficulties, but the Bible tells us that we are accepted in the beloved, that we are new creatures in Christ. And may I say to you, my friend, and I don't have time to go through this, I'm just skimming across of the top of it my thoughts tonight, but may I just simply say to you, my friend, I can see in my mind's eye how Hosea loved Gomer and how that she turned her heart back to him. And here they are up in years and they're walking in the latter days. They're up in years and up in age. And I can see them walking, holding hands and talking about the past and talking about how God has blessed them and how the Lord has met every need and how God has taken care of them. My friend, I say to you tonight, Love endures, love secures, love is forever. It should be unconditional tonight. Amen. Now, I don't know tonight, and I know it's going to be an awkward invitation. Now, I don't know why the Lord laid this on my heart. I had something all planned and ready to go tonight. And God said, I want you to preach out of Hosea. But I want to say this to you tonight. If there is a family that's on the rocks tonight, if there is a relationship that is on the brink of destruction, God wanted me to remind you if Hosea and Gomer can get through it, you can get through it. If God can love unconditional someone like you and I, we can love unconditional someone like you and I. Mrs. Ellis and I are coming up on our 42nd wedding anniversary in a few months, January the 25th of next year. I'm going to be open and transparent with you tonight. There have been some great times. There have been times that if I were to tell you tonight, you would not believe what the Lord's done. But there were times when we lived in a little motor home that was 20 foot from the front end of the bumper to the back end of the rear bumper. That's where we ate, slept, did school with the kids. I studied prepared for the ministry and did that for over six years. And there were times when we would have to stop in public parks and other places and she'd take one of the kids and go one way and I'd take one of the kids and go the other way just to get along to seek God, to get through some struggles. In almost 42 years, I can look back over their life and our marriage and say it's been worth every mile, worth every heartache, worth every challenge, worth every difficulty, worth every setback. Because we serve a God who really does care. 
And when we say God can't work in our situation, do you understand the implication of that? You are denouncing God to be God. You're saying, God, you're not powerful enough, not strong enough, not wise enough to work in my situation. Young people, listen to me tonight. You better keep your purity for your husband, your spouse, your wife. You better keep yourself for the enemy will defile you. And here's the thing, and I'm done. The enemy, somebody, you know Satan gets a lot more credit than he's worthy to get. We say the devil made me do it. The devil really don't make us do it. He knows the flesh, the carnality, the worldliness of it. All he does is put the temptation before us and we allow our minds to be absorbed by it and our mind, will, and emotion follows and he destroys. The grass is never greener on the other side. Our Father, tonight as we bow before you, Tonight, I pray you'll help us to base our marriages, our homes on a promise. A promise to love each other unconditional. A promise to take care of each other. A promise to keep our vows and a promise to put you first. A promise to honor you in our home and behind closed doors. A promise to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. A promise that when our children go astray and break our hearts and promise that when our homes are facing challenges that we never dreamed possible a promise that we'll keep help us tonight I pray heads bowed and eyes closed tonight